hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Exco, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, <laughs> that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Exco, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Give up. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. With all your ifs and what's and can'ts and buts. Or, no, yours are ifs and what's. No, boy, our relationship, there's nothing that's going to break our relationship up. I mean, maybe other than me questioning Dan Campbell and the Lions. <laughs> but other than that, I think we're good. Yo, 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 mofos. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sims on Button. And yes, that asshole to my right is Ahmed Fareed. How dare he questions me like that? Okay, but we're here. It's Super Bowl. It's Vegas, baby. Me and Ahmed hanging out here. We're at Radio Row. What's up, my buddy? All right, you're all good until we start talking about the Lions again here (laughs) in the next few minutes. But either way, we are here. We're here for a little AMA action. We've got a few cool lists we're going to break out. Uh, Ahmed's only here for 24 hours. He's ditching me. Uh, but we are going to get a good dinner in tonight later, hang out a little bit. Maybe I'll get a drink in them or something like that, loosen them up a little bit. Let them come to my thinking in the football world and get them back on the right track and get them out of this craziness of this Detroit Lions stuff. But that, yeah. uh, we're here, man. Super Bowl. It's awesome. That's what we thought. We're like, how, yeah. do we, how do we mend fences here? How do we bring us closer together again? What about a trip to Vegas? <laughs> 24 hours. You'll be here much longer than that. Mm. Well, yeah, I got to get back much and do longer. some uh, Big Ten basketball. But I have never been to a radio row before. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever been at a Super Bowl radio row. You can see some of it behind us here. There's like local media. There's national media. Yep. It's cool. It's, it's very like because cool. you, you realize how small of a business it is. Yeah. Because you walk around, you're like, oh, I recognize that guy. I recognize that guy. And yeah, you just sure. you haven't met them necessarily, right. but and like you're like you have so many people coming up to you and be like, hey, we're talking, right? You're coming <laughs> over and talking. So you're gonna have a lot of work to do after I leave of doing a lot of interviews from the people behind. That's us. That's usually how it goes. It's good. It's good. It, again, it, it's this is part of the the greatness of our sport. The attention national wise, you know, national media wise, the local stations, all of it. It's why football is king in our country right now. Uh, and yeah, the, you know. This, like, you're here Monday. I wish you could see it Thursday. Me too. Because as we always say, Thursday is insane, and it's one star after another. And as I've been saying, I get the feel that there's just going to be more stars than ever coming to the Super Bowl because it's Vegas, and it's the first time here. And, of course, it's just a, it's a big spot. It's Mahomes, mm-hmm. right, and the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one show in the sport right now. And it's not like the 49ers are chopped liver. They're easily one of the five greatest organizations in the history of the NFL, right? What is it, 19 NFC Championship games they've been to? What is this, Super Bowl number eight for them? Something along those lines? So great history and tradition. Fan bases want to be a part of this on both sides, bandwagoners and everything, right? So they're all going to be here, let alone stars, big ballers. Like I have a few friends, right, who are ballers, not ex-athletes, but have a lot of money, right? Way more money than you and me and everybody combined. And, like, they're having a hard time getting a ticket 
Mm. And I'm like, you're having a hard time getting a ticket? Like, you can get everything. And that's where they're already saying it's the most expensive uh, Super Bowl ticket ever. And I think it's only going to go up. Because you're going to have some of these guys come in town who are 100 millionaires or whatever and going to go, wait, I lose a million dollars a year a year here gambling and all that. You can't get me a ticket? And then they're going to be like, well, I'm here. Okay, I'll pay $25,000 for that ticket, right? Yeah, I think that's where it's going. And that's where it is really cool, and, and it's cool to be a part of this spectacle. So you're going to the game, or are you, <laughs> right? I mean, if that if that actually happens, like, say well, you're— I already got my tickets, so I know, I'm but I'm saying— Oh, right, right. I, like, if the, offers actually, get, if the offers get good enough. <laughs> you're right. My wife read an article about it the other day or saw something on social media, and she's like, I mean— I won't go to the game for twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, so you want to buy a you... Birkin bag or something, I mean, and a random she's... person. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't know who this is. This is my wife sold this ticket, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah. What adds to the craziness for me in my own personal life? My dad's doing the game, this pregame show, right? CBS. So I got family out here, and then the Forty ers aspect on top of that with. You know, my friends that are the Shanahan's friends, the Shanahan family. We got a lot of buddies that, you know, went to college with that are coming up for the game, right? So uh, there, there's going to be a lot going on. No, no rest for the weary of this week. Pete wants to know what? if you have tickets. Like in a seat or is it like a suite or like how are you watching the game? I, I'm, I'm, I'm with the people. I'm a man of the people. You do like to be with the people. I do. I am. Um, until, the, until there's too many people, and then you like to not be with well, the people. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then it's like, okay, get, get away from me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to be in the, sta- in the seats, right in the stands. You know, I got my daughter and my son coming with me. That's awesome. And four of us being or, or me going into someone else's suite and taking away four of those oh, tickets, yeah. right, that's not going to happen. And we, my wife and I did get invited, like, hey, we'll get you and your wife in. But, like, four is a big ask for something like this. They're like, screw the kids. And you're well, like, yeah, screw the kids. I mean, your you wife s- was like, you no. saw, like, the Christian McCaffrey suite thing and all that? Have oh, you yeah. seen that with the Olivia, Olivia DeCopo and all I've that? I've seen it's like, $2.5 million for some of these suites. A 20-person suite. So, basically, like, $125,000 per person is yeah. what you're talking about for that type of ticket. Uh, and, again, I think it's only going to go up with the more and more big ballers coming into town. All right. I cannot wait to hear about how that experience goes yeah. with you. Because I know, knowing you, you're going to have a great time. You're going to be like, it was once in a lifetime. And then there will be, like, five annoying things that happen yeah. throughout and, the experience yeah. where. Like, I'm going to motherfuck people and yeah, say people, all kinds of Random crazy people, shit. your family, your <laughs> right. wife and kids. Like, I can't wait to hear the, yeah. the whole story with that. Uh, you set it up perfectly. we got a whole lot to get through. we got got. Uh, we got some good segments. Pete was kind of cooking up some segments for us. Because this is, go, I, I've never done a remote unbutton before. This is yeah, my first ever right. remote unbutton. I was right. like, it's got to be special and super big. So we got the most important non-quarterbacks okay. in Super Bowl 58. So you've ranked that. The I homies have chimed that. in Not with easy. some of those. Now, you helped me out a little bit, and you oversaw it because I bounced some ideas off of you. It took a while. There's a lot of good players, and there's a lot of different ways this game can go. Uh, so you can put the onus of pressure and all that in a lot of different ways. But, yeah, it'll be a cool little exercise. I'm going to have my top five who potentially has the biggest legacy boost with a victory in Super Bowl 58. I like so we that have a lot. That. We got the big butt. We got the homies playoff predictions. We have Requiem. We will do it on location for the first time ever. Wow. Uh, we'll, we'll lay some teams to dying, rest. People dying at the Super Bowl. <laughs> But but first, let's you know because Pete was looking at our our last conversation. We started with it at the top of the podcast here, where it almost split us up. You know the the, the fourth down debate, Lions. I tried all week. I put ads in the paper. New host. Ho, we need a new host. Yeah. And I'm button. Yeah, open no one spot. responded. No one responded. Or else I wouldn't 
be here right now. Uh, but really, on the U- on the YouTube video, it was interesting. There were a lot of a lot of comments on yeah, it. A lot they, of really good comments <laughs> yes. on it. Uh, so Pete's picked a couple here. This is from Elliot Taxon seven one three two says this was the best Chris Sims unbuttoned show ever. I think the back and forth was great. However, I give Chris the edge on the argument, even though Ahmed did pretty well. I'll take that. You'll take it. I will. De- I will take Wait, pretty well. Very good answer there at Elliot Taxon seven one three two. You're invited back to listen to the pod. I like that. You said I won the argument. You're invited back. Uh, this, this might be my favorite though. Twenty one oh oh. Right. Says funny how in our Lions versus Niners NFC Championship game we get the closest thing we've ever had to mom and dad fighting on the pod. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, oh. GB Formula Nine says the fourth down combo was epic. I lean with Chris, but Ahmed definitely made his case well, and that was the biggest thing. You know, yeah. it's just like if I'm going to go toe to toe with you, yeah. which I never do, it's like I at least I don't want it to be a blowout. Yeah, it I wasn't it a blowout. Be, I wanted to be close. You caught me way. off guard, actually. That's well, well, because I didn't think you were going to come at me that hard, <laughs> and I, you had like some real factual stats and you like at first i was like bleh, bleh, bleh. I had you on your heels I, oh I you had you. me on my heels i was on i was on the ropes doing the rope dope going <laughs> oh shit like <laughs> he came at me hard here and i can't figure out how i want to argue with you uh, uh so you did you did shock me it was cool and you know you know i did like it too because yeah. it like forced me to like think like evaluate it and think of it from different angles because i kind of knew the angles that you were the best points that you had and so i had to like go the best points so that was not fair either you get to hear me before you come on i here. knew exactly where and you were so going to you get to like, yeah, you set me up for failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like looking. At, I I know yeah, more about right? Mike Badgley right. than like, I ever he thought. Hasn't, he hasn't hit a forty through forty nine <laughs> outside, and you're like yeah. bringing up shit to me. I'm yeah. like, what the hell? I had numbers you know, on everything. When the wind blows from the southwest, he's one yeah. for seven in the yeah. last month. Like, seven weeks ago, I had no idea who Mike Badgley was. I had no clue he was uh, going to be a kicker for our team. And then after at that point, I knew everything about him. Um, there, there were a couple points here. Uh, Matt King, 5420, said, maybe a better way to put it is that the fourth down stop was the first time the 49ers D actually stopped the Lions. If they miss a field goal, the 49ers defense still has not done crap all game, and the Lions offense still would have had a lot of confidence. That's a good point. You know, it's it like is it a was good the point. first opportunity that the 49ers had of having like a positive situation on, on defense. That's, that's why exactly I don't, what they gave it That's to. why I don't like the call, right? It's th- that to me would be part of my argument. Again, I, I know I'm not trying to rehash oh it or God, anything, no. but no, that would be part of it is that you know, you open the gate for momentum to, or the door to, the momentum to change. Sure. Right? And that's where I just look at the game being, hey, like, you know, like you saw me say in text a few times, that this isn't week five versus the Bears. It's a huge game. It's on the road. The pressure on the player mentally is greater the whole year. And you're playing a team that's the highest quality team you've played all year with some guys yeah. on their team that go, whoa, this is a big moment. I got to make a play here, right? And that's where I don't love it. And that was you know, part, of my, part of my argument there. The one thing I didn't say in yeah. governing 368 right. kind of pointed me in that direction. He goes, Ahmed did make cr- the correct point that Chris is using analytics when he goes back to his experience. That's what analytics are, the yeah. aggregate of past situations. A question sh- that should have been addressed was which stop would have been bigger, missing the field goal or first down. Uh, he still goes with you um, because um, because you're Chris Sims and you, you're smarter on all this than <laughs> no. any, any one of us. But that that is what I, in the moment I didn't think of it. But that is true because you go, you know, Dan Campbell's using his gut too much. He should have gone back to the history of, you know, football's past. And like at, at its core, that's a, that's a exactly what analytics is they go back through the history of games Definitely. and like was right. a team more likely to win or lose when this happened going forward and that's kind of like where the percentages come from that's right. analytics have always been there yeah right they've gotten in more depth like you know ways over the last 10 years especially 
right? I mean, like Bill Belichick was doing analytics in the early 2000s, yeah. right? It wasn't like he was just like, oh, just there's a gut feeling Peyton's going to Peyton's gonna audible here. Like, no, he had analytics and things that he was gauging within that. Now the formulas have become more advanced, and we've all become so much more aware of it because we read it and we hear all these different formulas for everything and all that. But, you know, one of my main things, again, is, yes, we don't, you don't see teams – go to the Super Bowl, play that way, do that type of stuff, and the magnitude of those type of football games versus that type of team too often. And you're right. I never thought about it either way. It is kind of an analytical statement by me in that way too. I never thought about it uh, that way. But, yeah, you're right. I guess there's the analytics of the history history of the game in that moment, in that magnitude of the game that certainly comes to to my mind. So that was cool. And I'm sure that that will come up again because – Next year, teams will go, and maybe in the Super Bowl, a team could go for a fourth down that we will be discussing. Well, where on the pod. we where we went, we went so into the going for a thing. The one area I think we and I we I think we like kind of quickly went over it was the running play on third down oh, at yeah. the end of the game. Where, that was dumb. When they and where and Dan's come out and kind of admitted that yeah. that was the that was a bad play. We kind of gave him a free pass because we got so emotional on the other stuff. Yeah, uh, but we ran out of that time. was something we yeah we we seriously ran out of time. But that was something I think we we dropped the ball on. I'm not bringing that up as being another, you know, a little too gut feeling, and you just got to play it, you know the most conservative, smart way possible there. But it's hard, too. I get it because that's In how you moment. got there, and Campbell's yeah. played that way. I well, get it. I, but I, that's what I do like about Dan Campbell I is know. that he admitted, he was like, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. So then when he says, like, I would have gone for those fourth downs again, you can believe that, right? It's not just he's always just no, like, it's I'll not just always talk. stick with what. It's like, no, those I, I'll stick with. This one was a mistake. I do think, though, the Lions, like, I think they were screwed either way because even if you pass the ball in and you have all your timeouts, it's like getting the 49ers yeah, it was in a three-and-out really situation, yeah, which they hard. hadn't done all. Right. They could have done it, but it was like their defense gave no indication that they were going to be able to do that. So I was like, ah, did it matter? Yeah. Certainly didn't help, but um, to be continued yeah. on our fourth down. To be continued. Because there are two things that I think, like, you are you're you know, like, everything. You're right on it. I've learned so much from you. I think I might be able to get you to come around on, on fourth down situations, maybe sometime in the future. Maybe. And, we'll see. And yeah. uh, rugby football, laterals yeah. and football. Those are the two things that I think I have potential to be right in the long term. The like fourth de- down stuff, you now. still got some work to go. I with do. Me. You know me. I am always – I'm a little old school in my approach that way. And, like, I, like my, my biggest thing is – like, like I told you, you know, and I know we don't know with Badgley, even though he was perfect on the season with the goals, <laughs> yeah. right? right? Yeah, but, let me tell you about but, Michael Badgley. Yeah, we know. I just, I go back to the, the biggest thing that hits me in the face with that conversation before we move on is just that, like, like we kind of talked about, like if Dan Campbell, you told him back in July, you got a chance to go up 27-10 in an NFC championship game out on the road. He's like, All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. But he got a little bit, I think, in the moment and wanted to go for the kill so hard. That would affect his decision. And, again, I'm yeah. not saying I'm right or wrong, but that would just be my two cents on yep. that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we, we will see. I, I'm curious to see if it will change how he plays next I know. year. I, it will be very they say, interesting. They say, and I hope it doesn't because I really think it's exciting, and I, I think the way this team was built. I bet you he dials it back a hair maybe, because maybe. his team's good enough now to where he doesn't need to do that as much. Well, that could be true. That would be the one thing I would say to him. Go, hey, you're good. Like, you were the better team on the field. That was part of my argument, too. Like, you're the yeah. better team. I mean, as long as you guys keep playing it, it looks like you're going to win the game. 
So don't give him these chances to, to get back. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I'd be very interested to see what, he, what or if he adjusts. That's a good point. They're going to yeah. be not the underdog. No, in, they're in not a lot anymore. Of these games here. No. They're going to be the hunted. All right, speaking of the hunted, the 49ers and the Chiefs are hunting for another Super Bowl victory in their illustrious franchise history. So what we're going to do here is everyone knows about you know, the quarterbacks, how important is Brock yeah, Purdy, and right. how important Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we're not going to talk about that all week long. The words Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy are not going to come out of your mouth. Actually, they will multiple <laughs> times, but not in this discussion. Uh, these are the most important non-quarterbacks in Super Bowl 58. And so we asked this question to the homies, too. We'll sprinkle those in as we go. So what you did here was you listed 1 through 10. It was like 1 through 12. We had to whittle it down It was again. not easy. It was, um, it was almost more than that. I mean, I think at first we had like 15 or 16. We were cheating and writing two people in a slot. I know. We didn't you end know? up doing Oh, no, we did end up we doing We did it one time. One time. We had, we had to do it one spot. So why, so why was this so difficult for I, you? I think because there's a lot of talented football players that have a lot of pressure on them in this game. It's an intriguing matchup because of the versatility in which both teams play in to where – I could take one guy and go, well, I could see the game going like this and him having to stop this. And then I go, wait, but I could also see the game kind of play it out like this. And now it's not maybe as important for him to be good. And it goes on to the other guy, right? That's where, so that's where it was tough. And you got two teams that are, for the most part, outside the box thinkers, have versatile game plans, right? And we know, too, as we were going through this exercise, you go, gosh, Damn, is there a lot of good players on the team, on both teams, especially the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's it's star after star after star for both of these teams. So that's what made it hard. Uh, and, and of course, these are, are two good teams that know, are going to, after two weeks of preparation, going to kind of know what the other team likes to do or going to know them as good as anybody's known them all year. And then... The teams themselves know that, so they're like, wait, where do we want to zig where they, they think we're going to zag? Where do we want to zag where they think, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that element. Here, before we start the exercise, though. Sure. Like, the, the quarterbacks, just to hit on the Chiefs and Mahomes, and, like, you know, we talked about this, the, the monumental matchup here between two great franchises and everything that's going on. I am amazed by the Chiefs, right? I'm nervous for my friend Kyle Shanahan. You know that. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for the 49ers. I don't know if that's where my brain thinks they're going to win, though, and I'm not even sold on my pick yet. i got to mm-hmm. figure that out here over the next 48 hours. But where I am amazed is even the more time that goes by is by the Chiefs and Mahomes. I'm just amazed with, you know, you heard me talk about the transformation of play, right, the mode they've gone into where – you know, you and I have talked here and done this for a bunch of years together now, and it's like, hey, the Chiefs are, we're going to shotgun, we're going to throw the ball. You would always hear me in some years, can we add something else to the offense, something else, right? It can't just always be people downfield and you float around and, like, that's not sustainable to win multiple Super Bowls, even though they're challenging that thought, yeah. right? But I, the adjustment made since the Christmas Day loss, the acceptance of who they are, it's like it, it – feels very Brady and New England-ish to me. It does. It's a different way in which they do it, okay? But they have hit this mode of, like, we're not going to – we're going to just do whatever we got to do to win the game. And that's, to me, what made New England great, right? Well, all those years we would talk about them. Well, the, this week they were in the shotgun and threw it 50 times. The next week they played a team and went, no, we got to get smash mouth and run the ball 40 times. And they would do that with a great game, game plan. The Chiefs aren't quite like that, but they're similar in a lot of ways. 
And I am amazed by that. I am amazed that they have been able to transform. And I think Mahomes has finally got into a place where he's so comfortable with his status. He knows it's all about winning. Maybe early in his career, he was like, no, I want to throw. I want touchdowns. I want yards and all that. No, he's just like, no, whatever I got to fucking do to win the game, coach. If I got to throw it 20 times, that's great. Nobody will really remember the stats, right? Nobody remembers that Brady threw for 145 yards in his first Super Bowl and got MVP, right? We just go, he was clutch. He won, right? And I feel like they finally accepted that, that, okay, who cares if it's sexy or not sexy or not pretty or whatever. We won the game. We could talk about how it's not sexy for 24 hours, but a month from now you're going to go, damn, they just they won. They're unbelievable. And I, that's the mode they've, they've kind of gone into. Yeah, you know what's like most fascinating about that yeah. and probably most impressive about that yeah. is that one, I think it's two things. One, they have the creativity yeah. to be able to figure out different ways to De- win. I don't definitely. think like every team or coach has that creativity Agreed. or that flexibility. Right. And number two is that they, they have diverse enough talent where they can do that. Like uh, There are some teams, I'm sure, that you would look at and be like, they got to play this way, yes. and if they don't play that way, they're not going to win. They have right. no other way they can play. Right. But it's like the Chiefs, it's like, all right, we're an explosive offensive. It's like, nah, we're kind of a grinded-out Rasheed Rice, Isaiah yeah. Pacheco team yeah. now. Right. And those guys, along with Patrick Mahomes, can make that work. It, it's, it is. Yeah, I think you're spot on. And I think that's why, you know, I, I'm amazed by it a little because I felt like for a while they were a little bit like, no, we're going to play like this no matter what. Yeah. And something finally changed. To where, yeah, they've just embraced, we got to do what we got to do to win the football game. And that's why they're special, and that's why it's, you know, four out of five years they're here. And they're here because they have a lot of good players who yes, will be listed do. in our top ten most important non-quarterbacks in Super Bowl 58. We're going to go one through ten. Well, we're going one. We're starting at one. What do you okay. think? Well, well no, think, it's already I think, if it's, I, I bow to you guys. I bow I think to you we'll guys. Do, I think we'll do that because okay. I already said it. I don't want to be wrong. I don't yeah. want to be wrong the second time, fourth down <laughs> discussion, and now this one. Uh, so, number one, the number one most important player in the Super Bowl, not named Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy, and not a coach. Yeah. You didn't put coaches, no coaches in this either. list either. Right. This person is... Christian McCaffrey, right? I don't, you know me, I'm not one of the ones that go with the most obvious things ever. I get that. This has got nuance to it. One, the Chiefs are super talented on defense. They are super creative, like you just talked about, you know? And Spagnolo is a guy that can come up with game-specific game plans and go, wait, you haven't seen me do this, and... Now what's your answer going to be on the fly? I'm playing a different way than what you studied, what I did for the last 20 weeks in a row, right? So that's where. So I get into the running game with McCaffrey. Yeah, we know that, right? But it's the stress of his abilities that I think is why it's the most important. And I I think Shanahan will play with him early on to see the adjustments. I think you're going to see McCaffrey move around, and you're going to go – they're gonna, and it's all going to be like not necessarily the ball's going to him. It's going to be more of like, hey, let's do this with them. Let's do that with them. Let's see how they play them so the next series I'll have a feel, and then I'll call the plays that are for him, right? That would be my two cents, right? Shanahan's pretty special that way. This is his best player on the offensive side of the ball. The Chiefs, as much as they do on defense, they are one of those teams that it's a lot of communicating. We're playing man. Oh, no, they switched this formation. We want to play zone now. We're going to switch out of it. McCaffrey, some of those matchups 
getting stuck on a you know a corner or I mean a linebacker man to man when he goes out at receiver right oh the next time they do a corner whatever else so him the chess piece him the chess piece and I think passing game is somewhere where I look to where he could really be effective if they can get him matched up on Nick Bolton and some of those guys where it's an advantage McCaffrey doing that but the other reason I throw this on there too uh, Amon all those things are schematical and X and O's. I, I think the 49ers, they need a few plays on offense to go above and beyond what Shanahan draws up, right? They're, to me, to win this game, they need a handful of plays in the game where it's McCaffrey breaks an ankle, you know, breaks three tackles and gets a 25-yard gain, even though it was supposed to be a gain of four, right? Or they throw the ball into, into the flat and we go, oh, it's a five-yard gain. And, oh, shit, he made this guy miss and they gained 40, right? That has got to happen in this. If it goes status quo, catch the ball, get tackled right where I had it and all that, that to me is advantage Chiefs mm-hmm. and more likely means they're, they're going to win the game. And that's where you know McCaffrey, guys like Debo, they can bring that aspect to the 49ers game to go above and beyond what Shanahan draws up. Brendan Panikar tweets us and says, how many times should the 49ers run Christian McCaffrey on Sunday? Feels like he's going to be Super Bowl MVP because of how involved he should be. And then yeah. he goes... Clap it up. We'll wait till the end to clap it up, <laughs> yeah. Brendan. But, but yeah. you're right, and, and you know, I, I you know again, I'm I'm just going off what I study and what I see, and you you know I look at that a lot. He to me is their not only their most talented player, but the guy that can schematically stress out the Chiefs more than anybody else and put them in some predicaments to go, oh. I wanted to play this defense, but not in this formation. Maybe with him split out next to Debo. Now I got to change my call and play this way, and it might force Spags to be in some defenses he doesn't want to be in. That that's where you know I think this the the, the big thing is too, uh, and you know the best way Spags those creative blitzes he has and all that. Yeah, if I'm the 49ers, I'm I'm leaning on the run game for sure to calm down Spags, to make things life easier on Purdy, and keep. The guy in red and white and one five over there on the sidelines as long as possible. So I'd be shocked if he's not a huge, huge part of the game. So play. you think it's by placing him number one, you think it's highly unlikely that the 49ers win and Christian McCaffrey is not existing. I, I, I would almost be like shocked by that. Like shocked. If you, we came back on Monday and we were like, wow, they won the Super Bowl and McCaffrey only had like 45 yards rushing and like two catches for 20 yards, I'd be like, whoa. Then wow. the Chiefs went way overboard on doubling them or doing crazy stuff. But, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Extra, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. Ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Give up. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. 
Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. So the flip side of it is yeah. what are the Chiefs, and you've already kind of touched on it, going to do on the defensive line. It leads to your number two guy here, and it's T-Y-Z-I-9-4. Rolls off the tongue. Thanks for chiming in. He goes, sup, homies? Think the, this Chiefs defensive front can slow down the 49ers running game and make it one-dimensional? Once again, love the pod as always. Have fun in Vegas, boys. We will. Chris will have more fun than me uh, all week long. But number two on your list yeah. is the defensive tackle for the, the Chiefs and Chris Jones. Hey, Chris Jones, right? I, you know, I first wrote the list down, and I was like, I had Chris Jones farther down the list. And as I continued to think about it, I was like, wait, I, I can't not. You know, the Derek Naughty situation still an issue. All the things we brought up before the Ravens football game, right, that I had studied in the Bills football game. Uh, the Chiefs are worried about their run defense. They were worried. They were telling me that by the way they played against Buffalo, even the way they played against Baltimore. Yet Baltimore decided not to do it. I don't understand that still to this day, right? But, yes, I look at Chris Jones for, one, he's got to be a beast in the middle because of all the great Shanahan design runs, and we know how talented they are. Two, the other thing is with Jones, of course, pressure on the quarterback, pushing the pocket, all of that. But where he made... And where he is a fuck-the-play-up guy, doesn't get the ability, is his ability to disrupt the quarterback, not let him see over the middle, and like we saw in the first Super Bowl matchup, get his hands up when the 49ers want to throw all those quick throws over the middle, play-action Debo over the middle. He's got an incredible sixth sense to go, wait, I'm not going to get the quarterback. I can see the quarterback setting up the throw. It's, too, it's happening too fast. His eyes into the backfield, he then turns into Shaquille O'Neal and says, I'm going to swat the shit out of every ball that comes this way. And that's where he is a handful, let alone we know he's capable of making a game-changing play as well. And, you know, there's some guys there, the 49ers, Feliciano, their guard, he struggled a little last week. He wasn't great the first playoff game against the Packers. I would think the 49ers are a little concerned of him manned up against Chris Jones in some situations. So that's where I went with Jones. He is the kind of guy that can take over a game, and he's got the brains to realize the situation we're in and what the offense might do. And, yeah, they got to have a plan for him, and he's got to have a big day if the Chiefs want to win. So is there enough that Kyle can do and will do in the Super Bowl that will lessen the importance of Chris Jones? I mean, it's just like you can't negate him no. entirely, no. but – do you think that'll be a focus of his game plan? I think plan? in certain situations of, hey, if they're in the right front and, like, hey, line, if we're not sure which way to slide the protection, right, and it's kind of even on both sides, always slide, go to Chris Jones. Yeah. Even if he's uh, slide it right to the middle, like I one mean, guy. Even if he's one guy, then, like, yeah, if he's right over the guard, yeah. right, they will go, you know, the center, snap, you know, make the point wherever, but we want you to end up kind of helping out the one guy that he's over, so it becomes a two-on-one. Uh, I think that's certainly a thing, let alone do I think there's some maybe third-and-ones where they're going to look at it and go, let's not run at Chris Jones. Let's do something and get in a formation where we can kind of figure out, oh, he's here usually, and we'll go opposite of him. Those are the things I think Shanahan will look at to, to disrupt uh, Jones's dominance. So you initially had Chris Jones lower on your list. Yeah. He ends up at number two. You initially had this next guy lower on yeah. your list. He ends up at number three, yeah. and he is? Fred Warner, yeah. middle linebacker, right? And I, I kind of told you my thoughts of why I moved him up, and I think as soon as I said it, you were like, yeah, you're right, right? Because, one, quarterback of the 49ers defense. Two, 
think about his week. I mean, first off, the Chiefs can run the ball. Pacheco coming downhill. Oh, shit, you got you to you tackle that guy, right? Got to do that. But more importantly, forget having to worry about that. Now he's got to worry about sideline to sideline with the RPOs and wide receiver screens that were so awesome against the Ravens. But the two biggest things of the day, I think, fall right on Fred Warner's lap. Oh, wait, Travis Kelsey, he plays tight end. He's going to be in the middle of the field a whole lot. And not only are you going to have to worry about covering that SOB, who's superstar, you're going to have to, as you're covering him, like have an eye on Mahomes for when he scrambles. Right? So he's going to be in the guy that's going to be in the bind of like, wait, I'm on, I'm on Kelsey, I'm on Kelsey, and he's going to see Mahomes dancing, and they're going to be playing their little match zone. He's going to be like, oh, shit, i got to stay with Kelsey, but I can see he's about to run. What do I do? And he's going to have to make them some extraordinary plays uh, to, to combat that little formula we know the Chiefs are so damn good at. The Detroit Lions made life fairly difficult. Uh, you think a similar thing, because I, I think I saw him on Gibbs at times, and Laporta had a good game. I mean, do you think Fred, it's like a nightmare two games in a row for Fred Warner? Fred gets put... You know, Fred's the old guy of, like, we talk about a lot, right? Guy that's awesome, that gets put in the hardest positions possible, right? Because he's awesome. And then we come away and go, well, you didn't grade out very good that game. And I want to go, well, yeah, you try covering that guy the whole game, right? Or you try doing that. You're, I'm the only guy in the middle of the field, and it's me versus Jameer Gibbs. Good luck. Like, nobody's making that play, Right. Oh, it's a bad grade. Well, nobody can tackle him. In fact, he's the only guy we'd even trust to put him in that situation. Yeah. So, yeah, Fred, I'm sure we'll be in some uncomfortable spots. The 49ers defense, as we know, has not played well, like, for a month, not compared to what they were early December, late November. It's interesting, yeah. Right? Their defense throughout the regular season, and it got worse as the regular season went on, yeah. but in totality was 89.7 rush yards allowed per game, third best in the NFL, but in the playoffs – 159 rushing yards per game. Yeah. They have become a little too predictable. Some of their stars haven't played their best. And uh, what was the other point I was going to be? They're predictable, stars their best. And, you know, I, I, I feel like they've, for lack of a better way to say it, like just played too many soft defenses, haven't attacked enough. Right? I think that's I said this to you last week. I'll just be shocked if the 49ers don't play in a more aggressive style of defense than what we saw against Green Bay and uh, Detroit. Right? The D tackles have been underwhelming, but I think a little bit of the run game stuff goes into the predictability, right? Because like guys like Dan Campbell and LaFleur are like, wait, they're, they're in this, they're, they line up like this a lot. So let's come up with a few plays to gash it, right? So that's what they got to be be careful of a little bit, let alone, I mean, how many times in the first three quarters did we just see guys scorching across the 49ers defense on your Lions team wide open, right? So that, to me, you can't be watching that if you're Wilk, Shanahan, anybody on the 49ers are going, well, that should be good enough versus the Chiefs. Like, no, something's got to change, and I would aggre- uh, think it's going to be something more aggressive. You're not going to go down to me in this game going, Let's do what we do, even though we've been getting carved up and just not let big plays happen. Like, that's over because the Chiefs have shown they'll be patient and just surgically destroy you. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk, screen, RPO, short pass, blah, blah, blah. 
So that's where I think the 49ers are going to be in your face a little bit more than we've seen. We'll let uh, Woodrow call giveaway number four here for us. Uh, he goes, uh, or she, if Bucks Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 taught me anything, the most important non-quarterback is Nick Elgretti in yeah. this game. Yeah. And he is yours along with right. Joe Tooney. Yeah, well, whoever four. plays there, right? I mean, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Joe Tooney has not been ruled out of this football game. Andy Reid said don't count him out yet. That's a tough injury with the pectoral injury. We know that. But, you know, Allegretti, who did a solid job last week, but as you heard me say after we broke down the Ravens game the next day on film and all that, as the game went on, he was getting torn apart. Matabuke was having a day. That, you know, this is where the list is hard. It's like, do I go with Nick Allegretti or do I go with Javon Hargrave here, right? You know, that, that's where it's like, but, but I, I hope everybody. Ja- mention Javon right, Hargrave. Right, as you said, you just make sure you encompass that guy. Right, so here's, these are, yeah, hey, Javon Hargrave, you got paid like one of the best deep tackles in football. If you're going up against Nick Allegretti in this game, like, and, hey, 49ers, if you want to win this game, the front four's got to get there. It can't be too much blitz or Mahomes and them are going to tear that apart eventually. All right? These are the matchups they got to win. And so where, yeah, I look at Allegretti to go, if he plays like he did in the third and fourth quarter against the Ravens this week against Eric Armstead and Hargrave, then they're going to be in trouble. And Mahomes isn't going to be able to see or step up in the pocket, and there's going to be issues. So, yeah, his play, Joe Tooney's health, I think certainly a big, big part of success for whether it's the Chiefs or the 49ers. And, again, we know the run game too. You just said it. Hargrave hasn't been as stout against the run. The Niners haven't been as stout. Allegretti's not bad in the run, but he's still not Joe Tooney. And that'll just be interesting to see what happens there. But if it is Allegretti, yeah, the pressure goes to Armstead and, and Hargrave, dude. You better show up because you're supposed to win the matchup against the backup guard. Yeah. And if they don't, if it's almost like a stalemate, then, then it's a victory it's victory for the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. Exactly right. And it's disappointing. And we come in here and start to go, damn, those two D tackles, they're paying them big money. And they didn't make a play the whole game. All right, so we've gone back and forth. 49ers, Chiefs will continue that symmetry. And for that, we go inside the numbers, powered by AWS. Number five for you is a wide receiver for the 49ers. And at first I would have thought, maybe that's Debo Samuel we're about to talk about. No, it's that guy on your screen right now. It's Brandon Ayuk. And as we go inside the numbers, uh, the most receiving yards on 10 or more air yard targets in the 2023 regular season. And so Tyreek catching bombs from Tua. But there you got Brandon Ayuk over 1,000 yards on these deep targets this year. If they want to beat the Chiefs, they got to attack. The Chiefs are going to be in your face. The Chiefs like to play man-to-man. We just talked about the Chiefs like the blitz, right? McDuffie, Legereus Sneen, they're like bring-it-on type of dudes, right? So I know Debo Samuel, of course, is important to the game. We got that. But I think with the way the Chiefs play, Debo does not thrive versus great man-to-man football teams, right? He's not real long. You know, his, his long speed doesn't scare people, right? His acceleration is phenomenal, right? That's when we go, whoa, because he can go 0 to 60 in like five yards, right? But we don't see Debo Samuel go over the top for 70-yard bombs. That doesn't happen. That's not who he is, right? He's a running back playing receiver, basically. He'll catch it at five and then and run then over three 10 tackles, dudes. Yeah. break an ankle, and then reaccelerate, and we go, whoa, yeah. right? This is the game for Ayuk. Ayuk is long. Ayuk has got better top-end speed than Debo Samuel. Ayuk is a clearly better route runner than Debo Samuel. So that's where I look at this and go, 
he is the one in these situations on third and seven or third and eight where it's going to be him man-to-man on Legereus Sneed or Trent McDuffie, and he's got to win those matchups. And to that, they're not going to win these matchups or the game if they're throwing it to him three yards down the field, football field. It's got to be do some stuff to attack, not only to make big plays for your offense, but I also think to back the fucking Chiefs off a little mm. bit, right? So that's where I look at it. And, uh, yeah, I think Ayuk is uh, going to have a – because I don't think he's going to get doubled, right? Debo might get doubled sometimes because of how he's used. He's in the middle of the field. They might have a bracket on him or whatever. Right. So Ayuk could be the guy to go, I'm one-on-one over here. Do you want to throw me the 15-yard comeback? Do you want to throw me the 20-yard in-cut? Hey, I might run the go route. And that's where I think his, his presence could be really felt in this one. So this is interesting. Next Gen Stats says that uh, his potential matchup, Ayuk's and yeah. Legereus Sneed, allowed the lowest completion percentage against targets over 10 air yards in 2023. Just 24.4% of those passes were complete. They got, uh, this is part of the reason. They got their hands full in this department. McDuffie and Sneed are real. Like, they are awesome. And Legereus is, you know, I would expect to see that matchup right there. Legereus and on Ayuk and McDuffie on Debo. Because McDuffie's got a little more strength and power to him, nor, do, nor is his top-end speed the same as Legereus needs. Like, Legereus has got three rockets up his ass. It's hard to run by him. I mean, the first touchdown he gave up was just the other day, the whole season. We sit here every week and talk about man-to-man, man-to-man, man-to-man. And Lamar had to scramble for four seconds and throw a touchdown. Or no, that was, uh, it was Josh Allen in the front corner of the end zone where he scrambled, threw the ball, run into his left and the right. It's the first time he let up a touchdown the whole year. Like, that's insane. It's insane. So that'll be a great matchup to watch Sunday afternoon. All right, so that is the top five. We now enter the bottom five. But before we do that, I say that was Inside the Numbers, powered by AWS. Man, you're good. And after I say that, uh, we go into number six. And number six for you, we stay on the defensive line. So we got a defensive uh, lineman and Chris Jones. He's big buck guys. I love them. They're always important. And now uh, the most important one for the 49ers on that front line, unless it's maybe Hargrave or, yeah. or uh, Armstead because of that matchup with the guard. Uh, Nick Bosa, you have at number six here, which I think for some people would think, man, maybe he's a higher guy, he's more impactful, but you have him kind of right in the middle here at six. Well, uh, it, it, again, it's, it's hard to gauge. Here's the re- like, We know he's important, right? We know he's a star. To me, he's got to play a little bit better than he's played the whole year in general, right? You got you to match up a tackle where he's alluded to, they hold a lot, right? Their, their weak spot, if you want to get pressure on Mahomes, is the tackle position. Now, they've been better. There's no doubt about that. They have. It's not like week seven or eight anymore. You know, yeah, sure, there's some holding going on and all that. But, one, is their best pass rusher, right? You heard me say they can't make a living blitzing Mahomes. Mahomes has been around too much, seen too much, let alone he'll make one guy miss, and all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, now he's got time, and we got no safety in the middle of the field, and whoa, watch out, right? So you got to be careful. At the end of the day, listen, the 49ers paying all these guys this money. They got to get there, right? They got to get there. The four got to get there, and especially Bosa. A little bit like we talked of Allegretti's on Hargrave. Well, here's another one. Like Donovan Smith, right? Jawan Taylor, they haven't played their best. You're supposed to win that match- matchup. So his presence 
and an ability to get around the edge, maybe tackle Mahomes when he tries to escape once or twice, certainly going to be big, right? But the reason I don't make him higher than this, right, is just because there's ways for the Chiefs especially and offenses to kind of negate those issues, right? Like, again, think about the Ravens game. When he only held the ball really long, like three or four throws the whole game. All the other ones were boom, out quick, boom, out quick, boom, out quick. And then every now and then it was, okay, hey, I'll sit here. This one, I'm gonna, we got to let it develop down the football field. In those moments, Bosa's got to get there. But the reason I didn't make him higher is just because, hey, running the ball, screens, you know, keeping a tight end over there to block him, chipping with the back, all those things. Those are things that, like, an offense can do to hide a mismatch at defense end a little right. bit. And that was one of the reasons I didn't maybe make him even more important. As we know, he's extremely important in this one. I got that. And that will be a big matchup, you know. I would think they're going to keep him over there on Donovan Smith throughout the day and see where that goes. I would think that's the matchup they like, and he's got to win that more than he doesn't, that's for sure. Well, here's some good news for Nick Bosa. Yeah. Is that he'll come into this game with some confidence yeah. and a new trophy because yeah. now it is time for the big butt of the conference championship awards. Whoa! Woo. It is we that like time. Big butts and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. Time to give some love to these Woo. big guys. Some it, touches. It's a couple sacks, more <laughs> fumble. He's a butting superstar. Woo. Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. Woo. Pete is just dying for us uh, to have people come by while we're talking about the Big Butt Award and you dropping F-bombs here and being like, what is happening here? What what happened to NBC Sports? Uh, Nick Bosa. Doug Gottlieb's about to walk by. We can look at his ass if you want. (laughs) He is in the segment. He is walking by during the segment. (laughs) Uh, Nick Nick Bosa (laughs) led all edge with eight pressures uh, in the conference champion. I'm just moving on from that. Uh, he led all edge with two sacks, <laughs> played 70 snaps, missed just two snaps for the 49ers. Yeah. I love, you know, I love that. I bias towards did you play most, if not all, of the game. So Nick Bosa, not a name that we have talked about. I think this actually might be his first big butt of the year. I want to say it was a second, maybe but it's maybe a I'm second. wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Pete's got all the information. Pete's checking, but uh, but Nick Bosa, you know, you talked about he's got to show up. They're paying him all this money. He did show up in the NFC Championship. He did. It was game. one of his best games all year. Uh, and, of course, showed up in one of the biggest moments of the game on the fourth and two, right, to get pressure on Goff and make a move. And, you know, he throws the bad ball. Reynolds could have caught it, all that stuff, right? So, yeah, you know, it, it's, again, been a good year. It just hasn't been the superstar takeover year that we've seen from, from other seasons from Bosa. Yeah. And that's where it, it's going to be important. And, hey, it's his, the emotions of the Super Bowl – I know he plays a lot of snaps. I don't like if he plays that many snaps again. Mm. I don't. I, you, you're, this isn't Jared Goff. This is Mahomes. You're going to be chasing him around. If you think you're going to play 70 out of 75 snaps in this game, he will not be worth shit on the last two drives of the game oh, if it's one of those games. You know what I mean? Yeah. they got to be careful. You know, not only are you, like, like my dad always says, my dad in the first drive of Super Bowl 21, he got in the third play, and he's like, I looked at everybody, and everybody was hyperventilating. Like, nobody could fucking breathe. Everybody's, <gasps> he goes, the only guy was Zeke Moat. And he's like, Zeke, you could throw him out of a plane. He'd be like, well, I'm just I'm out of a plane. Like, no big deal, right? Yeah. But he said everybody else was like, <gasps> he said Mark Bavaro, like, literally couldn't talk. Uh, and so those things add to your exhaustion, let alone you're already more revved up because it's the Super Bowl. 
you know the monu- mo- monumental effects of your life the, on the game, all of that, and then you're going to chase fucking Mahomes around, right? So they better be smart hmm. and spelling him a little bit. I, I, I certainly look at that. Two, the other thing what they do, all those wide receiver screens, they're hard on DNs. What's he got to do? Rush the passer, turn around and run to the sidelines as hard as he can, right? The Chiefs know that, you know? Hmm. So that's where they got to be careful about how much he does play. That's interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's almost like you got to go in with a, like a hockey mentality, right? That's what they always do. Those first shifts are like 30 seconds. Maybe in the Super Bowl, everyone just needs to kind of take I, that. Yeah, I, I do think so. Early it. on, you got to shuffle use them in the and out play, a little bit. Use the whole play clock, maybe. Uh, yeah, shuffle them in and out a little yeah. bit, keep them fresh. So, they're, so when they run two-jet wasp late in the fourth quarter, like they did the last time, he's got the juice to run around the left tackle and get the sack. Uh, defensive tackle, uh, no longer playing. Yeah. But uh, you, you don't need to win to get a big butt of the no. week award. Uh, Justin Matabike versus the the Chiefs Ooh. last week, and I I had always said Matabuke, and I think we've we've said that on the pod. I know. And then I heard Romo say Matabike. Yeah. And I was like, well, he's yeah. been he's been under fire lately, Romo. I don't even know. I don't know if he got that right. <laughs> but I looked. I think it is Matabike. So I think Justin it's Matabike, Matabike yes. second big butt of the season award, right. led all defensive tackles with six pressures, uh, second most defensive stops, uh, scheduled to become a free agent. After Ooh. this season, yeah. so in this off season, that could, that'd be a huge, that'd be a big name to perhaps. You'd think the Ravens would do everything they can to keep him, but you can't keep everyone. They that, that that's that's gonna be big, especially when you lose your D coordinator and he's going Ooh. up to a place where hey, he goes, our defense sucks. We we need a we need a Matubike. Like yeah. we need him badly, right? So and they go, who's that? I thought it was Matubike. And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, trust no, me, no, we've been we wrong. Checked, we checked. So like, I gotta think. I mean, he's going to break the bank. This is one of the best pass-rushing D-tackles in all of football. Like we just talked about with Allegretti going through the list, right? Third quarter, fourth quarter, he was unblockable. I mean, he was in Mahomes' face like every play. So he is a phenomenal football player. Mm. If I'm the Ravens, there's no way you let him out the door. I don't think they're probably going to be able to keep him and Patrick Queen. Because let me just tell you, Patrick Queen – at the end of the year, it was amazing. In the AFC Championship game, if you asked me who the best linebacker on the field was, I'd go Patrick McQueen popped more than Roquan Smith in that game. Wow. And there was a few games this year where I would have gone, I actually saw Patrick McQueen going around like a crazy man more than ever. But I don't know if they're going to be able to pay both of those guys because they got guys like Kyle Hamilton coming up too. You know, At some point, I think they'd like to get a big-time pass rusher to go along with their group. But it would be interesting. But Mato Bike excuse yeah. me, is on his way to stardom and, and a big paycheck. And no better indication of that than getting his second big butt of the week award this season. So here they are. So here they are. So there's the Bosa photo taking down oh, my wow. guy and Jared Goff. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Christian, yeah. we, we couldn't find any other photo than well, that. Well, that's a good one, too. No, but, it's a great photo. I mean, it's a, well de- it's a well-defined a lot uh, of derriere. Are we sure that's Matubike and the other one? That's an old picture? What is that? That does Why? not look like to him. That doesn't look like him to is me. Is he bigger than you thought or what? Well, first off, that looks like a zero on the no, no, could be a not. What what number is he? He's ninety two, right? I'm pretty sure uh, he's ninety two. I don't know. It could. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I, Unless I, it's, it's a rookie year picture. Hey, Kristen, clo- it's close enough. He's wearing a Ravens uniform. <laughs> bigger gentleman. <laughs> I think it was a. We'll, we'll check on that. We'll check. On that. Uh, you're funny. Uh, as we continue the the countdown or the count up, I I'm guess I'm really it is a spe- I can see body shapes and usually tell. Identify. Yeah, you I can know. take the jersey. Oh, we should do that right. in the off season. Yes. We'll Photoshop out. Oh, yes. This is what we'll do. 
We're going to do a silhouette yeah. of just bodies in the NFL. Right. And we'll see if you can identify that. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at that department. Like that, I, I really want to throw the challenge flag on that right, one. We'll see. So we'll see. If you're wrong on that, if that actually was Matt Abiga, we're not <laughs> going to do that segment. segment. <laughs> scrap that segment. Uh, number, number seven on your list as we continue to go up here. Have we gone back and forth? Uh, no, we had two 49ers in a row. Uh, and now we go three 49ers in a row. Oh, a lot of 49ers. Very important in this game. Number seven for you is? Charvarius Ward. Yes, Charvarius Ward, who is number seven, actually, in real life, too, Ooh, right? Okay. Uh, yes, that's, that's like, you know, this shouldn't come as a shock. We've kind of been hitting on this, right? 49ers, got to be more aggressive. They haven't been, they're not a great man-to-man team. He's clearly their best man-to-man corner. He's had a very good year, right? They got a run game to worry about. They got the screens and the RPOs. Man-to-man defense will make those things hard, right? So that's where I, I, I look at Traverius Ward, and if I'm the 49ers, I go back to my whole thing, like I've said, like, I'm going to be more aggressive. We're not going to sit back and let Mahomes just do whatever he wants all game. We've got to put him on an island. He's got to be on Rasheed Rice, like, a lot during the game, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I, I, I think it's really important, right? One, and within that, you know, if he's matched up to a Rasheed Rice, and why I say it's important, hey, the Chiefs aren't bashful when you do that stuff, right? Uh, you play man-to-man like we saw in the last few weeks. That's what's cool about them. Oh, RPO, run the ball, screen, short pass, run the ball, RPO, screen. Oh, they're playing man-to-man. Oh, MVS deep, right? That's what we've seen. So whether he's covering an MVS or Rasheed Rice, if they are playing more man-to-man, they're going to get tested. Like, the Chiefs aren't going to go down and go, well, they're playing man-to-man. Let's keep throwing the four-yard pass. You know the Chiefs. That's not who they are. They're going to go for it, and that's going to put it on him. And, of course, he's an ex-Chief, right? And it's personal to him. So, yeah, this, this is one where – and he's going to be asked, I think, to do something that's a little more uncomfortable than what he's had to do with the 49ers the last few years. Like I said, they're, they're a quarters, a cover three team, a match zone team. And this one, I think you've got to put them on the island a little bit more. You almost had MVS on your top ten list, and we talked about it, and I was like, well, he probably could catch zero passes, and the Chiefs could still win the exactly game, and right. so that's why right. we left him off the list. But yes. you thought about it for I a did, second. I did, because his catches, have, they're monumental. Yeah. Like, they're game-changing catches. And that's where I, I thought about it, like, hey, those – the last few few weeks, those five or six man-to-man plays they get a game, they go, oh, all right, it's Valdez scantling time. He can fly. Let's see if you can run with him because our quarterback can throw to him, and let's see how it works. And he had a few big catches against them last year when they played the 49ers in the regular season because the 49ers were being a little aggressive. They were trying to stop the short to intermediate throws, and they started to attack to him downfield, right? So that'll be a good matchup to watch. If you were to do a list of the top potential wild cards, that MVS, MVS might be, would be the, to, towards the top of that. Near the top of the exactly list there. Right. Right. Uh, these last three are going to be names that we've already kind of talked about because yeah. just in the discussion of right. them, but you're staying in the defensive secondary. For number eight, you got the corner for the, uh, the Chiefs and Trent McDuffie. Trent here. McDuffie is, you know, awesome, all-pro corner. His role is a little different than Legereus Sneed, right? First off, McDuffie plays nickel and outside corner. McDuffie is a phenomenal blitzer. McDuffie is phenomenal in the run game. So that's why they love him at nickel because he could be like an, almost an extra linebacker there. It's going to be important for him in this one, right? Because there's going to be some personnel sets where they're going to go, wait, we don't want to put our big linebackers in the game here. 
right? This is the 49ers, IU Kittle. You know, it's 21 personnel where you normally play run defense. But as we've talked about in the past, when they spread out, all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, we're in a run defense, and now they're going to throw the ball, and we're going to mismatch. McDuffie's kind of that guy that can counterbalance that attack a little bit by going, yeah, okay, I'm not a middle linebacker, but I tackle about as close to as good as one, right? Let alone now, oh, you're trying to put McCaffrey out here in the slot. I can cover him. So that's where I look at him. I think he's the guy that's going to have a lot of pressure on him through the scheme-wise and the things Shanahan and the 49ers will do. And then, of course, what he's asked to do, let alone with some of his blitzes and stuff, I look at him to go, he could be a guy that comes off the edge, gets a strip sack, they throw a screen like they did to Tyree Kill in, in Germany. He strips it out of his hands, right? So, uh, yeah, I think Trek McDuffie's got a big role in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him show up more than once or twice. Kind of a theme in your list here I'm sensing here. It's, yeah, what it's is players it? for the Chiefs who can mitigate the, all the weapons that the 49ers have and slow them down, and also players that will protect uh, Patrick Mahomes or hope yeah. to protect him. And number nine on your list is Donovan Smith. Yeah, Donovan Smith, and that g- goes, again, to our obvious conversation. Yeah. Right. What are we going to get now the whole week? And this is where I always give really good defensive lines the advantage in the Super Bowl. Right. Doesn't matter how good you are. Now, this 49ers D line, I think, is the least good it's been in their last four NFC championship games. Right. I think it's the least dominant D line they've had. So that that worries me a little bit. But here where I talk about, we've talked about Donovan Smith. He's had issues during the year, the holding. You know, I think Nick Bosa said it to bring light to it, right? He said it publicly so the world will hear it, the referees will hear it, the NFL hears it. He's going to say it to the referee before the game. Shanahan and Wilkes are going to say it to the referee before the game, right? So there's going to be a spotlight on Donovan Smith. And that's why I say it, you know. Let alone we know he hasn't been perfect at that position anyways. And then you couple with the great upsets in Super Bowl history, right? The Giants over the Patriots in Super Bowl 42, right? The undefeated Patriots and all that. Why did that happen? Because all Strahan and Tuck heard all week. And OCU, if you guys don't get to Brady, we can't win the Super Bowl. If you don't get, we can't blitz. If we blitz, Brady's going to torch us. If you guys don't dominate the game, we can't win the Super Bowl. And, of course, you know defensive linemen, they're fucking psychos to begin with. And you start to do that to them, they start to rise to the occasion. And I'm sure that's a little bit of the conversation the 49ers are getting this week. Hey, it's Mahomes. Hey, we don't want to blitz. Hey, Nick Bosa. We're paying you $34 fucking million a year. Donovan Smith, the last team, doesn't even want him anymore. Can you whoop his butt constantly, right? And that's what Donovan's going to have, that pressure on him. Hmm. And they're going to be told all week, like, you're supposed to beat Donovan Smith. So he better be ready. And does he commit a big penalty or a holding in a big moment? You know, those are the reasons I put him on this list. Uh, you know, and I think it's, it's fairly obvious. People are giving Bosa a lot of credit for the mind game, just like you said. Yeah. It's like now the refs are going to be watching it. They can't hold as much. You know who doesn't agree that it was a great move? All the 49ers offensive linemen who would like to hold maybe Chris Jones and a George Carlantis. Right. And so right. like, ah, it would have been maybe yeah, a little easier right. if you hadn't us anything like that. But who knows? We'll, well see anytime, how it plays and, out. And you poke the Chiefs a little bit. We know. True. They, they love anything for motivation. All right. Barely making your top ten barely. Is, is a player that I think some people would have number one, including yeah. realistic takes. Right. So his most important non-quarterback has to be 
Travis Kelsey. When Travis is going, the Chiefs' offense is going. But you have him at number 10. It's like he could be one or he could be 10. I don't even know. Like, he was like the hardest person. But not five. He would not be five. He'd either be at the top or the bottom. He's like, there's a little bit of Travis Kelsey of like, duh. And duh, they're going to make him part of the offense. So it almost takes like, it takes the luster away to a degree, right? As we talked about, the Chiefs know who they are. So I guess I took a little importance off of it, even though you're not wrong at all, realistic takes. You're not wrong at all. The reason I guess I take a little off of it is only because I'm like, have you watched the last two games? The first three drives, every other play is going to be, we're going to find a way to get Travis Kelsey going and get him going. right? It's almost inevitable. That, that's to the point where, like, yeah, I know he's extremely important. I get that. I get that. But it's like he could be four for 40 and four touchdowns. I don't know. He could be nine for 120 and no touchdowns. I I don't know where to place it. I, I know he's really important. I yeah. get that. Um, but, like, like, can the Chiefs? I also, go well, go ahead. Can the Chiefs what? Can the, can, like, can the Chiefs win without him having? I think they can. Yeah. I do. Like I said, I don't think he has to have a huge statistical day. I think there's going to be such a, a like, burden on him or a spotlight on him by the 49ers defense that they are going, you know, his effect will be there no matter what. Okay, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are on him. Well, somebody behind him and now is wide open because they've had two guys there. Yeah. And now there's a gaping hole. Right, so that's where like him being nine for a hundred or nine for one ten does not mean like if he doesn't do that they can't win the game. I don't I don't agree with that. They they can use him as a decoy. They use him so well that usually in games they don't use him like that. It's just because teams have gone all in on stopping him, and I think the Chiefs have enough now to you know capitalize even when he's not killing it on the stat book not bucky cox has an interesting point he goes in the 2019 afc championship game the patriots played a disguised double tyreek every play defense and it worked well for a half can yeah. the 49ers do something similar with kelsey or his mahomes to experience now and we'll pick them apart yes you're not going to fool mahomes that way and you know a little bit of this is where i don't love the Seattle scheme, right, and all that, you've heard we brought this up during the year where sometimes they don't do stuff like they don't do stuff like this. Like doubling people's not really in the 49ers arsenal. Yeah. They're just not who they are. Right? So that's where like remember we had the conversation of like, you know, during the year, like the Jets defense is awesome, but they play one way the whole year. The Browns' defense probably doesn't have the talent the Jets' defense does, but Schwartz does so much crazy shit, they had games where their defense literally won the game for them, right? Am I making a right yeah, comparison there? Yeah. Right? Where the Jets' defense is really good, but it was just like, hey, we don't, we bend a little, we bend a little, we bend, but we never break. And the Browns are a little bit like, yeah, well, we break every now and then, but we break you a lot too, right? And there's a difference there. And that's where the 49ers are not one of those teams that really do that. So I'll be interested to see. Do they throw a curveball out there like that? It's something I really don't see on film. It's not part of their DNA. I doubt it. I think what they will try to do was play zones and know, have great awareness, of course, of where he is and their rules and how they want to pass him off and do that too. 
The other part of like the Kelsey thing where, you know, again, is it important? It's not important. I know it's all important, but like he's going to get, it's like the game plan doesn't even matter sometimes by the other team, right? I mean, oh, we double him. Great. But now Mahomes has danced around for seven seconds and your double doesn't fucking work that long. So now he's open, hmm. right? So I don't know. Maybe I should have made him higher. No, no, no. Stand by it. You know, I think he's, you know, of course, a huge part of the football game, and he's going to be target number one for them, as we know. But I don't look at it again. I think that's my main point, that he has to go for eight for 120 for them to win the game. I don't. I think if they call enough plays, he gets a few touches, they're going to adjust and bend to him, and it's going to come uh, mean other people are open and create mismatches in, in other spots for this Chiefs offense. All right, let's see what you think about some other names that the homies threw out there that you may or may not have mentioned. Uh, Spud Austin 83 says Taylor Swift. Could, I mean, she could be the most shown person. During this, during I'm, this I, I'm, I'm excited. She looked cool at the Grammys last night. She's everywhere. Every, she, she's he, going to Japan and coming back, correct. right? Yeah. That's, it's insane. It really is. But I guess when you got a jet that flies that fast, it's not that big of a deal. She has a jet that flies fast? I, I, if she, I'm disappointed if she doesn't. <laughs> I'm disappointed <laughs> if she doesn't have a G6 global extra rocket up that fucking thing's fucking ass plane to get back home okay <laughs> that is a sentence i don't think anyone thought that they'd hear like we'd hear taylor swift a lot yeah not in that context in that in that way um carl phillips says the most important non-quarterback last year's super bowl mvp nick bolton yeah. i mean really nick bolton for you is like one because it was like christian mccaffrey slash nick bolton is going to be a person that's going to have a lot of responsibility in containing christian mccaffrey I, right bolton was one where like that's where this was hard it's like wait bolton to me quarterback of the defense he is the guy that's going to be responsible to get everybody organized oh no now mccaffrey's running downhill oh no now mccaffrey's over here willie gay's health i think is something to watch here too Right, had a little neck injury, didn't play the AFC Championship. They are at their best when those two are on the field because they are kamikaze. They got, they're as good as speed at linebackers as any duo in football when they're together. NMFCB says Isaiah Pacheco, if he can run wild on this 49ers D-line, who gave up 139 yards to Detroit in just the first half, KC will blow out San Francisco. What do you think of that? If well, Pacheco has a huge game, this could be a route I, for the Chiefs. I would, I would think it's trouble. Mm. I would think it's trouble for the 49ers, yeah. I, 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 that, I, I gotta think, is the biggest worry after the last few weeks. Is and I, then it goes into why I talk about the aggressive stuff, right? It's like you can't play run defense and play soft zone behind it. It's just not going to work against this team. It's gonna you're gonna have to go both. We're gonna get near the line of scrimmage. We're gonna crowd the line of scrimmage to stop the run, and we're gonna make it hard to throw five and six yard completions and make you throw balls down the football field. Uh, Pacheco, no doubt. I mean, hey, the Chiefs are they they're almost a 50-50 team, ba- you know, basically. To me, is 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 Pacheco, like, the run game's a given. They're going to stay with it. They're going to give him his carries, even if it's not working. I think that's they realize who they are. Does he make a big play in the pass game, coming out of the backfield, the screen game? That's where I look to Pacheco maybe to make a, a difference-making uh kind of presence or, sure. or announcement to, to the game. I love Isaiah Pacheco. I, I just love too. the way he plays. He's another runs. guy. He wasn't on our list. It's like, you know, he was, he was on my original list. But, again, as I sit there and look at it, I got like 
40 names for that damn list. You know what I say? There are 40 <laughs> top 10 important non-quarterback, non-quarterback players in the Super Bowl. That's what I've always said. Uh, Richard Graves. This is a good one. An unlikely name that may well turn out to be uh, is Ray Ray McLeod, Ooh. and not just for his special team contributions. And yeah. Pete notes here, despite being the primary kick returner for the 49ers, McLeod had 12 catches in the regular season, one in the playoffs, but lesser-known players have had big moments in the Super Bowl before. Yeah, it's hey, special teams, 40-yard return, flip the field position, you're about to be backed up and catch the ball at your own 8-yard line, all of a sudden you're at midfield. You know, that it does seem like every few years we have a game where somebody kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, and Ray Ray, too, is, you know, fourth, third, fourth receiver at times that gets on the football field for them. We'll see. Uh, but as special teams, we don't talk about it a lot for the Super Bowl and the matchup and all of that. And uh, a lot of the times, of course, the game can come down to that just right there. We saw it last year. I yeah. mean, clutch field goal. Punt return by Kadarius Tony. The punt return by Kadarius Tony was the play that set up the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. That's a cool thing about football. I can't, it like you got all these marquee yeah, players, hundred million dollar this, deals, right. and it comes down to one play yeah. on special teams. It's no almost doubt. like an afterthought. No doubt. Uh, John Andrell says, or Ardell, excuse me, says, <laughs> in this one it'll be Spags and Nag, Steve Spagnolo, Matt Nagy. I know it's your job to hype the game, but this one is going to be a blowout. The PPP, Purdy Performance Pressure, will be the Niners' downfall. First of all, it is not your job to hype the game. I mean, the game hypes itself. But even if it didn't, we don't, we don't care, right? I, it's like, we don't no, need to hype the game. No, It's a bad game. We'll say it's a bad game. What, like, John, you sound like you're, like you think we're into some script bullshit that's out there. One of these stupid fucking conspiracy things yeah, that's we going don't, on there. We don't write the script. Now, the script is out there. We don't write it. <laughs> like, no. Listen, if I thought it was going to be a blowout... And and listen, I think if I if there were to be a blowout, yeah, I'd probably think the Chiefs would do that. But I, you know, the Chiefs they haven't been blowing anybody out. I don't think that's going to be part of this game at all, right? So that that's where I don't. And hey, Spags and Nags, we know, yeah, they're they're special. Purdy, in this moment, I think at a base level, right? A lot of people just look at it and just go, Brock Purdy's not going to beat Patrick Mahomes, and. You know, there's some value to that thought. And, yeah, Purdy has not played great the last two games. He was clutch at the end, and that's, that's important. But, you know, this is one here where, yeah, this is a different amount of pressure. This is a different type of team. And the quarterback on the other side of the ball has been in these situations a lot, and this will be the first time Brock Purdy has to deal with it. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. That, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Chris Rubio says, for the Chiefs, Rasheed Rice and MVS, and that takes us perfectly, a perfect segue. Thank you, Chris Rubio, to our DraftKings most receiving yards in Super Bowl 58. So they have the odds out there. Who is favored to have the most receiving yards? Off the top of your head, do you have any idea who it'll be? Don't look. Well, I already looked at the rundown. I saw it. Oh, you looked at the rundown. Yeah, the rundown is on there. Would you have guessed it is Brandon Ayuk at plus 240. Then you got Travis Kelsey. Then you have Rasheed Rice. Then Debo, George Kittle. And Christian McCaffrey. After that, yeah. would you have thought? Is that how you would have the odds? I, 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 I definitely yes. I think it is exactly that. The top four, I think, especially. You know, maybe I would have gone Kid, Kittle over Debo or whatever. But you know, part of the reason we had Ayuk on the list and where he was at number five uh, is because I think you know what we're talking about here. It's a team that plays a lot of man-to-man, right? And he's pretty good in that department been the go-to guy in those areas for for most of the year and uh, I think that will continue in this matchup. I think that's why people are there. The, the guy I would say, you know, to watch out for in this one, I again would not be crazy for me to see McCaffrey be up there with game leaders in receiving. I'm going to it's it's all going to be about to see how the Chiefs decide to guard him and how they play it. That would not be a shocking one to me. And the Valdez-Scantling one will not be a shocking one either. If you've got some extra change, again, this is one where if the 49ers get a little too aggressive, like it could be one of those games where we look up and go, man, Valdez-Scantling had four for 140, yeah. right? That's the kind of guy he is. So that would be my long shot. Uh, but I am on the Ayuk-Kelsey train as far as the top two on that side. Definitely would make Rasheed Rice three. And then it gets a little dicey. But my long shots would be McCaffrey- and MVS. You heard it here first. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and for Super Bowl 58. New customers can bet $5, win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTON when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the the crown crown is yours. yours. And DraftKings is in the building. They're in the building. They're right over there. I'm going to go over there when we're done with the podcast. You can actually see it. It's over my head. Here, I'll get my head out of the way. And what are you going to do? Tell them to give you a million dollars? Yeah, I'm going to say we just read a promo. Give me a million (laughs) dollars. And we'll see if they do it. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You ask. You ask and see what they they go. You did? Did you read the uh, Yeah. I'll send them a clip. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what do I got to lose? I yeah. got nothing to lose here. Yeah. All right, Pete. So I, I don't know exactly when we started. Where are we right now? How long have we been going? We're an hour and ten minutes. What should we do here? Should we? We got we gotta, some homies questions. Yeah, we got to hit on a few of those, right? Okay, well, look, we definitely got to get to your biggest legacy thing. We got the legacy thing. Let's get that here first. That's right, the most the important. Legacy. I'm let's intrigued do... by your list. Okay, all I right. want to tell you how wrong it is. <laughs> no, uh, but no, it's I look like. Here, just my base thought, right? Yes. I have no thought in this, no race in, or no horse in this race or no race in this horse. <laughs> but, like, I, is it weird? Like, I feel like it's like the legacy thing is, is really big. When I mean, we know Mahomes, right? Yeah. Of course, Purdy. But, like, my buddy, Shanahan, right? To me, the best coach in football, I think a lot of people would say that. And yet... If he loses this, people are going to be like, well, he never wins the big game. And then, of course, if he wins it, everybody's like, oh, he's the best coach in football, right? I, so yeah. it's weird. Andy Reid can go into this like, 
no doubt you're one of the three or four best coaches in the history of football if they win this game. Like, you have gone to the upper level of the Hall of Fame, right? With, like, Chuck Knoll and Bill Walsh and, you know, that group there, Belichick. Yeah. You've get Tom Landry. You've hit another stratosphere. So that's where I think it's kind of cool, and now I hand just the took, floor to you. You took over my whole list. That's my whole <laughs> list, basically. Uh, no, and Pete gave me this idea and gave this idea for the pod. But and that's I'm, a good one. I'm not usually like a legacy because I, I feel like that has to kind of play out. Yeah, yeah. But I think you're right. This game, it's like there are built-in stories already, and you can already tell and look into the future, like if the 49ers win or if the Chiefs win, how this will change the narrative yeah, around some of these people. Right. So let's go 5-1 to one on this one. Can we do that, Pete? Is that, is that allowed to go 5 we're going to go five to through one. I don't know why, just because we want to do something different here. you want to be here. better than mine. That's right. I want to be better than yours uh, and people to remember this one. So, yeah, the biggest legacy potential boost. Yeah. So, win or loss, who, who gets it? And so, um, let me see. So, where was my – so, oh, oh you're, you're reordering it as we go. I was like, where, where were we? <laughs> That's all right. So, number, number five for me is the guy that you ended that conversation with, Andy Reid, for right. that reason. Because, you know, he's taken the Eagles to the Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and an offense that's high-flying. And now, if he wins one here, he wins an offense with Patrick Mahomes where the defense was actually the best part of the unit. And I've made this argument before on the yeah, pod. Right. It's just like, I know Bill Belichick has all the Super Bowls and all that. And you're, you're, it's going to be really hard to argue he's not the best coach of all time. But he also did it in one similar environment, right, right. With, with one quarterback, and right. that's been talked to death. But Andy Reid has shown the ability to take multiple different teams yeah. to different play, playoffs with different players. And so I think if, if Andy Reid can do this, man, it, you're right. It puts him in that conversation of perhaps the top three best ever to do this. It's, 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 he goes to Vin, Vince Lombardiville. With that one right there. Like, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't mean to – did I miss anybody? I think I said it right. Right? I mean, Lombardi, Shula, Landry, Noel, Walsh, right? Um, yeah, then I'm going to get into Belichick, and then it would be Andy Reid. So mm-hmm. I think it would clearly make him, yes, like one of the seven greatest coaches in the history of football. So he's five. He can get a big boost with a win here. Four for me was uh, Travis Kelsey. Okay. Because I think, you know, you're already starting to hear him in the conversation of maybe, like, best ever to do this, offensively at right. least. And so I think another win for him, and especially if he has a big game, I was like, man, this could be, this could be a, what a huge year with Taylor Swift and all that, right? This could be the year of Travis Kelsey, and a win in a Super Bowl kind of elevates him even right. more than maybe it would normally just because of all the talk around him this year. I, it's, he's... I, I mean, I agree with you that he goes to a, another level of superstardom. Right where I feel like he's already going there just because of the, the Taylor Swift thing. But you like, you have an awesome game in the Super Bowl with Taylor Swift there, yeah. and we know all the Swifties are watching and all that around it. Yeah, yeah. that's like like when, when people talk he about could tight ends and be like, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, how much money do you want per commercial? Like yeah. just yeah, he'll be able to name his price. Yeah, when people talk about tight ends in the future, it's like Travis Kelsey will be in that conversation. Not that he's not now, yeah, but yeah. close to. But I think of win. No, here. no, win there, and yeah, right. It goes into like he's definitely one of the first two or three tight ends out of your mouth. Period. Number three for me is Patrick Mahomes, who would give him three Super Bowls at the age of 28. Um, joining Tom Brady, Troy Aikman is the only quarterbacks to win three Super Bowls before their 30th birthday. Yeah. The reason I don't have him number one, like he's already, his legacy, like I even think, like in a loss, right? It's not like he gets squashed. 
It's not like it, it is on the cusp of this one. It's not yeah. great for him, right? Yeah. It's like a couple right. now you've had, you've been there, and you right. didn't win them. Right. But for Patrick Mahomes, I think like even playing in this game is a legacy boost, and a win is just kind of like the, the, the added the added on top to of it. it. Yeah. 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 That's it's, why I don't have him number one. I, I have him number I get three. You. He's already one of the greats of all time, right? There's no doubt about that. It's, he's already in the upper tier with like the guys we've always talked about, you know, Brady, Manning, Favre, Marino, whatever. He's great, Elway, great of greats. They don't get any better, right? But yeah, this is like he wins, he edges closer to Brady, he loses. There'll be haters out there, you know, and they're going, oh, he's only two for two in Super Bowls or all that crap, right? But I, I do agree with you. I don't think it drops like too far. It's like, okay, he's still in the upper gold tier room of the, the yeah. Hall of Fame. Six straight conference championships. I mean, come on. Like, I don't really ridiculous. like how people are trying to pull down the Mahomes thing a little bit. Like, you heard me talk about this when the Ravens game. I woke up that morning and people were trying to tell me if Mahomes loses and Lamar wins, their legacies are the same. And I want to be like, no, fuck off. You're totally wrong. One guy's the man for six years in a row. One guy hadn't been in the playoffs in three years. We can't say that they're in the same just because of one game all of a sudden. Yeah. That's not right. And I don't, there's a faction of people that don't really want to buy into the Mahomes thing, and I don't get it all the way. Because they're bored of it, maybe, and they want to move on. I but I will say, if Brock Purdy does beat Patrick Mahomes, then Brock Purdy is better than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> who I do so have funny. Brock Purdy as number two. <laughs> I do have Brock Purdy as number two on my list yeah. here. Because I do think this the result of this game impacts him. Got to get Cam Newton off his back. <laughs> as much as any player in this game. Because, because if you win this game, yeah. you go from Mr. Irrelevant, and that being the most interesting thing about you, to being a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I think right. that changes the story right. entirely. If you lose this game and play bad, it kind of sticks you again in the, ah, you're Mr. Irrelevant. You're at that Mr. level. Irrelevant. You're not, you're not good Mahomes. Enough. You're not a superstar. Guys like Florio start writing. Are they going to ask Tom Brady to come back and play? He's already right? got it written. Isn't right. So if Ferdy doesn't, yes, it's all going to be all that. You know, Cam's going to go, he's the 27th best player on his own team now. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's gotten a little disrespectful to Brock Purdy that way. But I, I don't disagree with you. I think there's more at stake here for him. You know, bona fide NFL, big time starting superstar quarterback to, ah, oh, they lost. I don't, can they ever win a Super Bowl with that guy? That's the conversation going to be around Brock Purdy. So he's the highest player for me, but he's at number two because yeah. number one yeah. is your good buddy, yeah. Kyle Shanahan. I had a feeling you would go here. This is, I think, the logical thing here. Just because, you know, just because of its, you know, he falls short. There's Kevin Clark right there. Yeah. Almost almost walked guy. into the pot here. Damn. Almost was invited on. I thought on he almost fell. Time. I would rather hear that so we could have a new video of somebody else falling. So, <laughs> you know, if, yeah, if you lose, it's like oh, you fell short with Atlanta. You fell short in the 2019 season with the 49 and now you did it again, right. whereas if you win, yeah, you've gotten over that. You've gotten over that hump, and now you're a Super Bowl-winning coach who's been there a bunch of other times, and all of a sudden, those like near misses yeah. become like positives. Yeah, because right. They become almost positives because right. like, he won one, he almost won a couple more. Yeah, it's just yeah. like he's always right there. Right, it, like, it, it bolsters his resume. <laughs> right. right. But yeah, to, and to, I think to your point, too, like, look, we don't talk about Andy Reid's almost misses all those years in Philadelphia anymore. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, he's been there. He did it twice. Like, screw, you know, it ain't that easy, whatever. Shanahan's been scrutinized. I think he's been over-scrutinized. Hey, made a mistake with Trey Lance. We get that. After that, there ain't many mistakes, right? The game was there to be won in the Super Bowl a few years ago. I will sit here and tell you Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason they didn't win that game, Right? 
People might not want to hear that. You know at the time we broke it down, there was plays in the third and fourth quarter where you just go, that's got to be made by the quarterback in the Super Bowl. You didn't do it. For some reason, Shanahan gets the blame for his NFL defensive head coach, Dan Quinn. Uh, yes, congratulations, commanders. 28-3. Uh, to 3, And somehow Shanahan's responsible for blowing the lead in that game. Right? Where I know he called a pass play late in the football game. It's still the head coach's job to get on the headset and go, run the ball here, run the ball. I want to run the ball so we can kick the field goal. That's what a head coach does. That's The offensive coordinator goes, I do what I do the whole year. I just call plays to make them work. Somebody has to look at the game as a whole, right? As you heard me say before, like, if the roles were reversed in that game and the Patriots blew that lead, nobody would go, Josh McDaniels, what did he do? Everybody would go, what the fuck is Bill Belichick doing? Like, that's crazy. What is he doing? How come he didn't run the ball there, right? Yeah. But for some reason, because his name is Shanahan, he got blamed for that. Does he wish he could have gone back and done it differently? I'm sure. But he was attacking like he had attacked the whole year. And they had the number one offense by far. They set records that year. Very similar to the uh, Lions this uh, past uh, year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so, but I am with you. Yes. You know, he goes, big. he goes a step to, hey, maybe best coach in football right there with Andy Reid, you know, to also giving himself to – hey, can they keep this going and maybe he can become one of the best all-time coaches and add to this resume? Or it goes to, oh, Shanahan's a choker, can never win the big game. I'm with you all the way. I think that's the right number one, man. And the rest of the players, I think, um, notes here, you know, Trent Williams, you know, 11 Pro Bowl selections. You got all these regular season and Christian McCaffrey, too. I I think all the other players – it basically is dependent on what happens in the game, yeah. right, that affects it. Like, they have to, like, either come up big or, or whatever to really affect their legacy, where I just think the fact of a win or a loss for these other players kind of I hear you. Like, more. Trent Williams is going first ballot Hall of Fame no matter what. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. He's one of the greatest left tackles no matter what. Legacy's there, done, written in stone almost, right? This is like icing on the cake to him. McCaffrey is one that is – I think willing to be in the conversation a little sure. just because of, like, he wins the Super Bowl, he wins an MVP, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think he gets viewed a little differently throughout. Like, whoa, running back MVP, not quarterback, do that. You know, that brings you into a different stratosphere, uh, but that's rare. When's, when's the last – what's the last running back MVP? Pete, don't tell us yet. Let us think about this because well, I'm – I mean – Oh, man, the last running back MVP. I know I'm choking here. Hold on a second. Ooh, wow. I don't know if I can pull this. Is I, all right, so we have Terrell Davis, of course, with the Broncos back in the late 90s. Emmett Smith was before that. Mm. Um, let me just think, 2000s? I don't think we had any... MVPs of the Super Bowl in the 2000s. Marshall Falk didn't get it. It was all right. I think I'm going to go with Terrell Davis. Wow, it you is got Terrell it. Davis. Correct. Holy crap. Impromptu. Uh, it's 25 quiz. years since we've had a running back MVP of the Super Bowl. So if that happens, that will help his legacy. I will give you that. <laughs> okay. That, that definitely will. But that's a good one to yeah, add. To watch. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Honorable CMC. mention. And like, that would do more for this whole, you know, the whole offseason talking about running back, their value. I do think what's helped is Christian McCaffrey yeah. and 
Jameer Gibbs in the draft has helped running backs too because you know everyone got on the Lions for how would you take the second best running back middle of the first round right well you see like, why now i would like to have <laughs> yeah. jameer gibbs on yeah, my team exactly right <laughs> yeah exactly it, it, listen it's crazy we've gone too far in devaluing the running back right i understand all of it around it but again it's i grew up in an era where the running back was huge you did too it was like no the running back's the guy uh and you're seeing i you know with them and some other teams that yeah, you can be a really good football team with having the running back as the guy Three Ask Me Anything questions, then we'll get to the uh, homies playoff predictions, see how well you guys have done, and we'll finish with Requiem for a team. Cool. Or with a team. Cool. For a team. Okay. Either way, however you want to go. So this one comes from Matt Bostick94. Uh, is there a case to suggest that both teams are slightly weaker than the last Super Bowl matchup? Chiefs offense minus Hill and had worse production this year. Niners defense not as good as 2019. I, 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 hey, at Matt Bostick94, I agreed with you. It's kind of something we've said here. No, no, no. Right? You're spo- you're, don't devalue the game. You're hyping up the game. Don't <laughs> oh, yeah, say sorry. both teams are weaker than they were in 2019. It still makes for a great matchup. Yeah. But you know, I just said a few minutes ago, this 49er team's not as good as the last four that were in the NFC Championship game. I think they're more capable on offense because the quarterback can be trusted in more situations and has more talent versatility than Garoppolo. So that's the positive. And if you'd ask me about the 49ers back in late November, I'd go, oh, no, no, this team's the best. But that's not what they've been the last six or seven weeks. What We kind of were going through this through the pod. Their second game against the Seahawks was the last time we saw the 49ers team where we went, whoa, they're unbelievable. That was the last time. So can they... You know, recapture that? I don't know. And Matt Bostick, the same thing. The Chiefs, I, I hear you. The offense, certainly not the same. I mean, come on. It was average, middle-of-the-road offense almost the whole year. Now, the defense, though, I can't say the same. Spags is better, and the talent is better on the Chiefs' defense. That's where they're different than that this time around. And, of course, that's why we're, you were just saying they're kind of a defensive team this year. Yeah. That's what they are. And the 49ers' offense is, is better. It I is. It, it, it is. It's, be- it's better and well-rounded and has more stuff there. And, and, again, it hasn't been playing its best, like we've said, but, but uh, there is more capabilities there. Maybe they're more even and well-rounded I teams think that's than what they is. were They're more versatility, especially on that offensive side of the ball. Paul Caruso says, how do you expect the Niners' defense to counter Mahomes' proficiency in zone coverage considering they have run almost 90% zone during the season do you expect them to run disguises in both man and zone and then switch and that will take us to once again inside the numbers powered by aws this is patrick mahomes versus the blitz in uh, the last super bowl and it was no blitz 212 yards had uh an interception or two interceptions and, and no touchdowns and when they blitzed them when they made them Make a quick decision. Oh, you got screwed. Two yeah. touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, that's it's that's that's a great question by Paul Caruso. Like, this is part of the reason you've heard me allude to the 49ers having to be more aggressive on defense. And I'm great job by you, Pete. You know, finding a question that fits what I've kind of been saying here, and that the 49ers got to be more aggressive on that side of the ball. The Chiefs and Mahomes have proven that they he can be patient. And he will just take five yards and dink and dunk and surgically just destroy you. You can't play zone all game long. They're going to have to blitz and at least play some more man-to-man than they like. Blitzing, I'd go, just be real tactical there, Yeah. right? You can play man-to-man and not blitz and still give the illusion of blitzing, right? So, But I do think it has to be sprinkled in there every now and then. I do. 
And, you know, that's always kind of been a no-no in the Patrick Mahomes career. Don't blitz him. Don't do that. He'll make you pay, just like we showed in those stats there. But, again, there's only a few ways you can beat this guy. So I think, you know, like we've talked about in the past with great offenses and great quarterbacks, you got to be willing to maybe do some things that are outside your own comfort zone every now and then, right, to just disrupt them. And I feel like the 49ers got to do that a little bit in this one to disrupt this attack by the Chiefs right now. If nothing else, then just to show some variety, right? Don't yeah. let them get too comfortable. Right. And if you get start getting torn up like you did in the last Super Bowl, maybe stop doing it. Uh, that was inside the numbers powered by AWS. I think that's good for uh, Ask Me Anything. I think Will we've... the Chiefs be the same? That's right. Here's the thing that like I brought up to Florio earlier that I think is interesting to watch out for. for. Do this in the form of a homie question. Okay. Hey, at uh, this is coming from at uh, homie three two five. What does he ask you, Chris? Well, like if uh, uh, hey Chris, love the pod. That's how they always say. I love the pod. Good job. Clap it up. The Chiefs and their mentality of this game. Right. I look at the Forty ers and they got to be scared. They're I. They know that they were outplayed in the last two games, and they still won. They got to be looking and going, wait, it's them again, the Mahomes. Oh, my gosh. Does he, he doesn't lose big games, right? They're getting better. We seem to be getting worse. That's the 49ers' mental aspect. The other side, of it, though, is this. You know, what I worry about with the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are riding high. Now, maybe they're also like, hey, we got to go and everything's positive. But are they too high? Are they, a little, are they coming in this one and it's like, uh, they're not playing that good? Purdy, their defense isn't the same, right? Does that edge get taken away from the Chiefs a little bit, right? They, had, they were the road the villain. Everything was against them. Now we're in a stadium where it's both teams got equal fans, right? Where it's not the same. It's not, oh, Josh Allen had a better year than you. Lamar's the MVP. That motivation's not there from Mahomes. He's, like, he's confident he's better than Purdy. I can tell you that. And so is everybody else on this football team. So does that take away their edge a little bit? Or do they have the edge because they know how close they are to greatness and winning the third Super Bowl? Those are just little things I think about you know, leading up to the game. The mental aspect and the approach of where you're at is so crucial to this one. And the Chiefs the last two weeks went into, whoa, we better play our best or we're going to lose, right? And there was a personal aspect, I think, for Mahomes. Is that still there in this game with the 49ers not playing their best? And they're going to look at the film and go, man, the Packers should have beat them. The Lions should have beat them. We're going to beat them, right? And then all of a sudden they come out with a new game plan and they're playing their best. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, gosh, this game's not what I thought it was going to be. Those are just things that, that I think about during the week. This is going to be tough for you in your, in your prediction because you started the year – with Chiefs 49ers yeah. in the Super Bowl yeah. with the 49ers winning. Right. I'm sensing, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sensing you I feel like you. the Chiefs have a better chance of winning this football game on Sunday. So you have the, the you have the, you're in a tough spot. I you can either spot. you can either stick with what you did in the preseason or switch it with the danger that you'll switch it and you'll be wrong now, but I guess you're right back then. So you could always claim that you're right at some point either at the start of the season or now? I do feel like I'm leaning towards Chiefs. Like, you know who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the 49ers. And, you know, I, I love Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I hope everybody knows that. But this is, this is a good friend that I care about. Mm. So I'm rooting for the 49ers. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried for my friend for, like, the things you said, too. Right? All the things when you said the legacy stuff. Like, just going, damn, this guy's so damn good. And here I got to defend him again. And, like, 
talk about that and got to watch my friend get put down all the time and have to deal with that. So that's where, yeah, it's scary. Right. It really is. And we'll see where it goes. But it's also what makes the game awesome, and I can't wait till it gets here. Right? I can't wait to watch my son, who's totally claiming he's all in on the 49ers. Right? But I've told you that story before, right? He loves Mahomes. He's obsessed with Mahomes. <laughs> the first time they played, the whole week was, oh, Dad, it's so cool. Your friend's the Shanahan, the 49ers. It's so, I, you know, uh, he knows their kids, right? Oh, it's so cool. Our buddies, our friends are in the Super Bowl. 20 to 10, seven minutes left in the game. Fuck the 49ers. Fucking Kyle is going <laughs> to beat Mahomes. He was so upset, right? And he's claiming he's all in on the Niners here. He's got a Niners jersey for the game. But he'll rip off in the I, first quarter. I, if like the Niners go up ten nothing, I'm going to be looking at him to go. Well, let me see his emotions and how he's going to handle this. He has a Chiefs jersey on. <laughs> yeah, like a right. Or he's going to be like crying in his seat. Like so, we'll we'll see how that goes. Cannot wait. All right, let's finish with this. We got the homies predictions. Then we have requiem for a team. So uh, we've said before, you, uh, your homies did a great job. One thousand entries here. So Super Bowl fifty eight, forty nine percent have the 49ers winning the NFC and getting here. So 50% of you were right. 500 people, 500 homies nailed the That's NFC That's why my champion. family was like, you need to tell NBC to publicize that you picked this game before the year. And I, I, I had to tell my mom and my aunt, like, this isn't going on a limb, guys. <laughs> it was the Chiefs and the 49ers. It was a pretty safe bet, actually. So 34% had the Chiefs winning the AFC, not necessarily also with the 49ers, because 11% of you out there have the Chiefs over the 49ers in right. this game, including Pete. 6.6% of you have the 49ers over the Chiefs, including Chris. So it's you versus, versus, Pete. versus Pete. I like In it. this matchup. Three homies correctly had the Ravens and Lions. Pete says good versus evil. Three <laughs> homies had the Ravens and Lions losing on Championship Sunday. Tom Donahue. Wow. Uh, Jason Boister. Impressive. And Gentian. Gentian. Who could still have a perfect Final Four. He has the Chiefs over the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So Gentian. Wow. Could be master homie. Wow. You will be master homie. Like, Gentian, if that proves right. You're getting a big shout-out next week. Right? Oh. Like, big shout-out. Yeah. And maybe Amin will pay you cash or something. Do, yeah, I owe, yeah. do I owe some people some cash? I think you owe Pete 20 I owe bucks. Pete 20. And he's being nice. I think that's and about keep, it. And he I keeps stopping. He doesn't it. ask for it. I know. He doesn't. He doesn't. Gosh, nah. he's that rich. He doesn't even care about 20. Take him out for a couple drinks or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be. It'll I'll get be. him to forget about it. All right. So now time to uh, lay some teams to rest here. We have actually three teams that we need to lay to rest Are here. Are you because, already? Because, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this to my Lions. Uh, so we'll save them for last. <laughs> we'll save the Lions for last. And I asked Kristen, Kristen, can we do this? Do we have the Requiem music? There we do. There it is. It works it even in Vegas on Radio Row. It does to travel. Vegas. Connecticut to that Vegas. That internet, it is Who special. Knew? Uh, so we, uh, we missed, we forgot to do, omitted. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. And so we have to make up for uh, lost time here and do the Buffalo Bills. One day we'll tell you why we didn't have the Buffalo Bills 20% on here. 20% had them in the AFC Championship game. Uh, 8% had them winning the Super Bowl, mostly from upstate New York, I'm sure. Could still happen one day. Here is the Buffalo Bills. Once again, the franchise is feeling the heft, the lack of success. They're bereft. But don't worry, they'll be back. And next time, cut them some slack by at least missing one of these wide to the left. And it's like, well, can't they just miss one to the left? Seriously, why, why is it always so obsessed to, to the right? Why does it always have to be to the right? I hear you. I hear you. And what did you say, bereft? Bereft, yeah. How do you spell that? 
B-E-R-E-F-T, I believe. And what like, does that mean? It's like a lack of. Lack like of. Like a bereft. Like right. none of it. Yeah, okay. Playoff right. success. I learned one. That was a new one like for I me. I didn't know that one. I've like heard it used before, but I don't think I ever knew the meaning of it. Not many words that rhyme with left. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I, maybe now you're not surprised. Uh, how about the uh, the Baltimore Ravens? 21% of the homies had them in the AFC Championship correctly. 6.5% had them winning the Super Bowl incorrectly unfortunately so here we go the baltimore ravens it's a team that had a good run until the playoffs again were outdone but don't dare be so whack as to call lamar a running back just next time please use him like one like use him like a running back next time. a little bit Run the a little ball. bit a little yes. bit more than you did yes in please. the AFC championship game gosh all so right shocking and finally a tear to my eye. Roar! It's funny you were talking about Kyle, and you're gonna if they lose, yeah. you're gonna defend them. It's right. like that's the way I think about like Dan Campbell. Yeah. If they go for fourth down and don't get it, it's just like God dang it! Uh. Gotta, gotta go at it with Chris again here. <laughs> this sucks. All right, Lions. Four point seven percent had them in the NFC Championship game. Eight homies had them winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I applaud you, homies out there. We were so close. Was not I was not one of them. No, you weren't. All right. Who'd you pick? The Chargers? I picked the Cowboys. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I picked the Cowboys to do it. All right. Did we lose the music or no? It did. Uh-oh. Did I go too long there, Kristen? Oh, we're bringing it back. Okay, there it is. Okay. There we go. Here lie the Detroit Lions. So late. I mean, we're doing this in February. This is crazy. Is that part of the poem? No, no it's not. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> did not think they would take this long to die. <laughs> Get to the damn poem. Shut okay, up. sorry. Our head coach is built like a brick. He speaks loudly and carries a big stick. If you admit you play soccer, Dan will shove you in a locker. Because in this country, we never kick. We don't do it. USA, USA, USA. He's so biased. He loves his best work for the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. You guys never kick. We know. We know. Not in this country. No. Not in this country. Nope. I know. No. Just go for it. Aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Yeah, well we leave done. that for the Europeans. That was really good. Nothing against Europe. That was really good one. Though. That was probably Thank your you. best one. That was. I felt good year. about that yeah. one. I felt yeah. good about that. So you one. got one more to go. You only got one more team to bury. That's tough. You it know? is. It's just like two championship caliber teams. You got to bury one of them. You almost made it through the whole football season without dying, and yeah. right at the end, you now die. you're at the biggest point, and you, and you die. die. <laughs> like, what the heck? This, that stinks. Uh, well, that was fun. It was fun. I hey, know. so we're doing a pod Wednesday. Why don't you fly back and come back and do it? <laughs> I got. I got, you got nothing to do. No, I do. I got play by play of UMass versus St. Bonaventure basketball. Oh so. my gosh! So he'll be listening a to podcast that podcast in the in the in the MGM sports book is I better. Know. I mean, no disrespect to UMass mm-hmm. and St. Bonaventure. Next year in New Orleans. So here it is. There so it this is. is where you are. There's. Chris and Mike, you'll be in. You'll be in the sports book. We'll be in the sports book. So like live studio audience. Live studio audience, exactly right. If you're a homie listening to this and you're close enough to Las Vegas, yes, you can right. actually go watch those two guys do the Joint Picks podcast. Joint Picks podcast. We have not decided whether we're going to drink while we do the podcast oh. yet. We're going to decide that here in the next 48 hours. But yeah, come by, check us out, hang out. We're going to take some questions from the audience. We're, we'll be, you know. Everything. You know me. I can't help it. My mouth's too big to be quiet for too long. <laughs> so 5 p.m. right in the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook. Come find us. Come watch us. Check us out. We'll have some fun. We'll talk some ball. We'll break the games down a little bit. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be a good I one. I wish you were going to be here. I know. All right. New Orleans next year. Next year. 
New Orleans. You're there for more than one day or 24 <laughs> hopefully, hours. Hopefully. All right. Ahmed's got a flight to catch tonight. He's going yeah. back on the red eye. I am going to try to take him to the steakhouse and get drunk before he goes. We'll see where that goes. We're going to do our best. Chrissy will be doing Smokey Smokey. I don't think Ahmed will be doing that. Probably not. I can't get him to do that, but we'll work on it. We're going to try. All right, everybody. You know where to find us, please. You know, in Vegas, come check us out. Mandalay Bay Sportsbook, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Keep getting at us on social media. You'll see us all week. PFT's live at 1 p.m. Eastern every day this week. You'll see me and Florio. Ahmed, you the man. Thanks for flying out here to Vegas to hang out with me. You are the best. Seriously. Kick more field goals next time. That's it. (laughs) Peace out. Clap it up. Clap it up. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.